The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus up to $3,000. That is promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today. On top of that, the Sports Gaming Podcast is trying to give away $1,000 in their quest for 10,000 Twitter followers. Gambling Podcast, if they can get to 10,000 before March 18th on the handle at Gambling Podcast, they're going to give away $1,000 to one random follower. All you need to do is enter and include hashtag SGP10K and at Gambling Podcast in your tweet. Don't worry, unlimited entries. The more you do, the more chances you have to win. That's hashtag SGP10K and at Gambling Podcast. March is finally here, guys. We made it. And welcome into the first Inside Vegas of March, foreshadowing March Madness. We're going to be looking at what is maybe not on the tip of everyone's tongue here when we talk about smaller schools, but people may not even realize conference tournament play has been going on. Uh, started yesterday, March 4th, going through the 5th, um, and most leagues are starting to tip off the 6th through the 10th. Uh, so many different schools in here, of here that have people have maybe not seen throughout the, the, the college basketball season. Uh, so we went to an expert who all he does is bet the mid-major market for all of these type of schools. We're going to break down every conference tournament for the ones that have already started. We kind of lump them in together, the Atlantic Sun, uh, a couple others, and the Patriot, the Horizon, uh, just because the pure odds are obviously not going to be available as they tip off a day before. Uh, this is out on Wednesday morning for you guys. But myself and Andy, Andy, definitely way more than me, is definitely going to take you through absolutely everything um, of these mid-major uh, conference tournament plays. And again, going through through the Northeastern, the Ohio Valley, the Metro Atlantic, the Big South, uh, everything and everything. And what he was, you know, what he put together, if, if for anyone that has does not follow him online on Twitter at AndyMSFW or online at DeepDive.co, has put together these betting guides that are absolutely incredible for each one of these conference tournaments with his official plays, value plays, what the league is all about philosophically. Um, no better guide out there and no better person that I've seen have more success dealing with these leagues uh, throughout this college basketball season. So so excited to have him on and kind of share his point of view as to kind of what got him started, mo- you know, doing modeling for this type of league, um, specifically more towards the underdogs, but what kind of drove him, drove him here instead of, you know, the Duke, North Carolina allures of the world. And so much, you know, he's been so successful doing it. So um, it's a great podcast and I cannot, you know, tell you guys enough to go check out his di- his uh, guides on deepdivemedia.co for the Horizon, Northeast, um, OVC, the Patriot League, the Big South, Atlantic Sun, everything and everything. We break down the audio version here um, as we tiptoe towards March Madness that is coming uh, very, very shortly. So this should wet the whistle a little bit, be able to, to look at some conference tournaments during your work time and everything else. So I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Andy, co-host of The Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale going over all things conference tournaments uh, for the mid-major schools along the way. And joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, the mid-major underdog aficionado himself, Andy, co-host of The Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. My man, in a what seems to be a, a landscape of college basketball that I would say this is one of, I feel like maybe, maybe people say this every single year, but it, I've seen so many 
professional, so many good people that have had success year after year, uh, struggle in many different ways this year, whether it be an, an abnormal amount of bad beats or, or whatever the case may be. You, on the other hand, um, in typical you fashion for anyone that knows you found the dirtiest of underdogs and built a model around it to resounding success this year, which we're going to talk about and kind of, as we lead into, of course, the, uh, we'll say, uh, smaller school conference tournaments that people maybe are not even on their radar, which is where you excel, man. And, and how is everything kind of, you know, come together for you as, as you started to kind of build this model for yourself? Yeah. And like you said, it's, uh, it is that time of year where we're starting conference tournaments, but if, if you're following along with like the, you know, the, the Dukes and the big conference, if you're like a big 10 fan, that stuff's not for a week. We've got a whole week of just, just garbage leagues, NECs <laughs> and MAACs. And uh, it is a lot of fun though. And there's a ton of there's, I mean, they, they're lined. Every book is putting up lines for these. So they, uh, it's like you say with some of the stuff you bet Christian, like uh, a good example is like your WWE stuff. Yeah. The, the money's still green. It, it all pays the same. It doesn't matter what you're betting on. If the book pays you, it's a, it's the same kind of currency. So it's a lot of fun being successful. Um, January was a lot better than February. February was just kind of keeping my head above water. We made like a couple units, but uh, March, March has been good the last couple of days after we got over a little bit of a swoon. And now it's kind of a goofy time of year because you have to start looking, you look at the slate and it's, it's going to be half tournaments, half not tournaments right now. Mm -hmm. So that's a, right. uh, that's kind of where I started writing my previews. Cause I need to get my head straight. And a lot of a lot of the ways I, I like to prep is actually just writing stuff down. So I started putting them into articles on a, on our deep dive media .co there just so I'd have so I, honestly it started so I could go back and references because you start betting on these slates at night. Like, uh, you know, there's going to be some games tonight and oh, like the Mountain West or, or conferences like that that are just regular season games. And then, I mean, what did we cite? Horizon, Patriot, Big South. There's there's games tonight that are conference or conference tournament games. So you, you really got to know what you're getting into this time of year because some of these are just normal games and some of these are actually going to be at like neutral sites and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you might think, oh, this is a good team at home. Well, they might be playing at some arena in Detroit. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it does get a little goofier. So you, you, you do got to kind of have a handle on things like that. And that's a I mean, that's a big part of betting in March, things get a little, I mean, they call it March Madness. That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> that it is. And, and as you said, and as I touched on in the introduction, man, these guides are some of the best content I've seen for schools that people really have probably not looked at outside of the people that are without a doubt following you. And I know that that is because I've, I've seen the live line movement that's come with it. What kind of, again, not to give everything away of kind of how you built this model, but what led you to target specifically kind of, um, you know, underdogs in these mid-major schools? Um, and we've had, um, when we were doing the social, the handicappers piece when they're in the, um, the first off season where we were looking at kind of niche markets and stuff. Jeff Nadu came on talking about, you know, D2 schools, D3 schools and how it was kind of, you know, more system driven. And I know yourself as, you know, somebody who comes along with whale is more, you know, numbers and analytics driven. Is there, was there anything that kind of really stood out to you that, that led you for this, you know, type of particular model throughout the regular season that, you know, yielded so much success? Yeah. When I actually built it too, when I started throwing the numbers together, I guess my 
my goal wasn't to just bet underdogs. I had no idea that's where it was going to lead me. I just did want to stay away from the power six conferences. It's almost like, you know, the good advice you'll get on Twitter from people, which is super hard to follow is you, you don't have to bet a huge amount of money because it's a Super Bowl. You don't have to bet a huge amount of money because it's Monday night football and it's the only game of on or Sunday night baseball. You don't have to go side end total because it's on. Yep. That's kind of why I stayed off of the, the power six conferences. There's plenty of money going into those markets that shape those. And I guess I, I don't know. I've talked to, you know, not as much as you have, but you know, it, let's say you, you, you've talked to some bookmakers more than I have, you know, what goes into some of this stuff and your lines from, and just with the handle that they're going to get on a Duke UNC game, they're putting a ton more effort and time into getting those lines, you know, where they need them off the get go than they are for the Youngstown state IUPUI line. Right. So you just, it just like anything else with these, you said with your niche market ones you did last year, yep. a lot of those are just going to be softer markets where there's going to be openers that are just way off. Yeah, there really is. And we've seen this time and time again. It's so funny that you brought that up because this is where the relationship with professionals and for books that I feel like there's been a lot in the uh, space recently about books kind of kicking out um, winning players, specifically, you know, with all the new books that are popping up. And that's where that type of relationship comes in. Because even if a book doesn't, you know, even if no words are spoken between a professional and a bookmaker, if they come in and, you know, they're known to only bet a particular market, let's just say Big South or Ivy League or whatever it is, um, and it's, you know, a limit bet, they're going to move that line. And that's kind of, you know, it's at the cost of the bookmaker for sure. But I think that that, you know, that's the, the trade-off that books have. And so when you when you take that money out of the market and you don't have, you know, a professional's betting into your book, it's all public. You don't necessarily, you know, there's not going to be maybe the liability, but you're not going to have the public side of the other stuff. So it, it goes so back and forth when when you talk about that in, in niche markets. Um, most bookmakers, you know, how it used to be, we're, we're kind of happy to take that initial bet, you know, let them kind of set the market and, and adjust, maybe even over adjust if, if the public has an appetite. But for a lot of this, you know, the smaller time stuff, they just don't. So it's a very interesting the dynamic that goes back and forth when you're talking about, you know, bet splits, public percentages, because if obviously this is such a difference when you're talking about a Duke, North Carolina versus a game in the horizon, you, you can't really go off of those things. Um, again, because the public handle is, is just not there. So it makes for such an interesting quote unquote deep dive. See what I did there to, to see that relationship. Um, and if, Ooh. if books continue to kind of take that money out of the marketplace, what could come of these smaller markets that professionals are largely carrying the handle of? So very interesting, but again, long, long way of saying done so well in this. So let's break this down. Conference tournament time. Is there, you know, we can talk about this from the big picture of, um, you know, regular, let's say big time schools, but the, the blue bloods of the world, regular D one schools, um, conference tournament versus, uh, the NCAA tournament versus the regular season. Do you see differences when we're talking about these leagues? And again, um, a couple of these have already started, but we'll be breaking down Atlantic sun, big South Patriot horizon, Northeast, um, along with the Metro Atlantic and the big South? Is there, is there anything that um, is different in between? Again, obviously not a ton of these teams are going to be receiving um, tournament bids outside of, you know, automatic stuff like that or whatever. Is there anything, what is different about conference tournaments specifically versus the regular season? Yeah. And I think you, you're probably right about the, like, I think the conferences you just named, 
I don't know that there's a, a second bid coming out of any of those. Right. This is the chance. This is your only chance. This isn't, you know, Duke loses in the third round of the ACC tournament. They're still getting a one seed, maybe a two at worst, if things go really tits up. But uh, for most of these teams in these small conferences, if they want to get their one shining moment, if they want to go play it, you know, even even if they're just getting a play-in game as a 16, it's so much more special than playing in like the CIT or not playing at all, just going back to class. So this is this is the only shot. And, and you'll see this where some of these smaller conferences, they're not just going to go chalk all the time. I found one a couple couple years ago, I'm trying to think of which one it was, but the eight seed just ripped through, beat like the four, five, two, and one all in a row after after uh, having to play like a play-in game. So you, you do get some fun some fun dynamics in some of these. Like you'll see, this has happened a couple of times where a team is under 500 that gets into the tournament because they just, they rip through one of these little tournaments. And I guess that's, a, that's another reason, like when I talked about having to put these previews together for myself, just so I'd have the information doing the research, like they're all all so different too. There's t- there's conferences that they don't let every team in. They just go with the top eight. There's conferences that will give these, you know, the the heavy top seeds. They'll give them like a double buy. I'm uh, one of the ones I wrote about today. I have to look at which one it was the the Metro Atlantic or the Ohio. I think it's the Ohio Valley. There they give them yeah they give them double buys. So Belmont and Murray State are in the semifinals already of a, of a conference <laughs> tournament with eight teams. So you know, it's, it's, I think it's just cause they want to have their neutral site. They're playing it like in this Ford center in Evansville. So they're not able to reward these top seeds with home field advantage or home court. Mm-hmm. So they, they just run some weird, they run a weird ass bracket where they give them double buys to the semifinals. So you, you do got to stay on top of things like that. It's just like when I said, knowing what's going on in these, in these tournaments, like if you are betting some outrights on these, know that like, if you, if you want to bet the five seed in this, uh, OVC championship, they have to play two more games than the one or two seed because they have to rip through some, uh, some initial rounds. I think uh, yeah, two two more rounds than the top seeds are given double buys. <laughs> so, so it, there's some goofiness. Yeah, there's goofiness abound in all of these. Every one of them. There's there's just zero consistency between one tournament to another. They all run them differently. Right. Well, let's break down the ones again that have kind of already tipped off either yesterday or tip off today. Of course, is coming out Wednesday morning. That would be Atlantic Sun, Big South, and the Patriots. So I, we don't have to go through obviously the the pure odds of them as this is not going to be available. Um, to bet on by anything that you want to talk about, about uh, lump those three in together. We can break them down however however you want, given that they've already started. But is there anything in terms of in-game? Of course, these futures are still going to be available. They're just probably going to be a little bit changed. So anything that you've seen, maybe an overcorrect or an undercorrect based on what happened, um, you know, going forward or anything like that with the one that's already, you know, started already or about to start uh, tonight on Tuesday for this Wednesday morning? Yeah, there was some... There are, it's, it's the same thing as we talked about with just the openers on some of these small conferences. I think with some of these some of these lines they put out for outrights to win the tournaments, there were some really maybe poor lines or just they didn't think they were going to get the money where they did. Uh, I mean, if you just want to start in the Atlantic Sun, uh, Lipscomb took uh, or Liberty rather took a bunch of money off the opener. It went from like plus two seventy five down to down to uh, like under 200 right away and then bounce back. It's kind of a two team field with Lipscomb and Liberty. I took a little on the underdog hoping to the, you know, the two seed in the underdog hoping to make some money in the finals, but uh, there are going to be conferences like this where 
it's probably going to go fairly chalky where there's one or two top teams that are going to run to the finals. And then, then who knows? So I, I made that a coin flip between Liberty and Lipscomb took the plus two seventy five on the coin flip. And maybe we'll find a spot at halftime or live to hedge my way out of that for some guaranteed money. But I think like what you were talking about with some, Oh, some heavy movement or whatnot. Uh, Campbell Campbell in the big South was a really goofy one to me. I was hoping to get three to one on them. Did take the number one seed. They won the conference tournament or the conference regular season championship. So they do get to host the entire thing. It's all going to be at their home campus. And they opened it plus 425, which was very puzzling to me. And it was one of those where I just didn't overthink it and I grabbed it. And yeah, they're they're down under two to one at this point. So it's, it's just like anything else. If you pay attention, if you're doing some, doing some homework, you might find yourself some lines that are, I mean, there's a huge amount of value on that line. Now it fit four to one. Not to cut you off, but when you, I know you're, you know, so wrapped up in the offshore world. Have you seen anything that was like a huge difference or was everything pretty much the exact same again, because, you know, books liabilities tend to be vastly different from place to place, unless it's the same pro, you know, or same person hitting the, you know, the same exact lines is there. Have you seen anything in those um, three or really for any of the ones that, that haven't tipped off yet, where on, you know, one place it was vastly different price for a team or on another site, it was incredibly different. Cause I feel like that is uh, a very real possibility when you're talking talking about some weird liability type numbers. Yeah. And there, there was some of that too with, uh, uh, it wasn't available to me, but I have some friends out in the, you know, East coast there that the DraftKings actually, I think it was opened way early. Somebody was feeding me numbers like a day and a half before I had anything on an offshore. Like, I mean, good for them opening up that early. I love books that are first to the market that have the balls to, you know, put it out there and put some numbers out there. And they, I was just sitting there like scribbling numbers down as somebody was DMing me what they were getting at their, you know, it was a brick and mortar shop. They walked into out there. I think, uh, I think it was Philly or wherever he was at, but yeah, there, there were some wild differences. And it, it's, I think, you know, that too, just in any outrights, even if you're shopping for the, you know, the, the national championship, if yeah. you look around, you're going to find value. That's that's why you always should have multiple outs. I know you, you got, how many phone apps do you have? For the <laughs> sports many. books out yeah. in Vegas. Too many. Like, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure when you, when you're looking at prices like that, it, it makes a big difference. If you, you just take five, 10 minutes and make sure you're getting the best number. Yeah. And I mean, the, even like you said, the national championship, I mean, you can break that down into specific money line type of liabilities. That was huge with Alabama and Clemson over the last couple of years. There was a discounted money line on, on both because that you know, specific liability was so much. And so I was just curious if it was um, kind of the same here. Anything that you want to um, kind of before we break into kind of one by one as we go through your amazing guides here for Atlantic Sun, Big South or Patriot? No, and I, I kind of get what you're saying there. Maybe maybe I was reading you wrong, but you might see some of that ref- like you you brought up the Alabama Clemson example there. Maybe we will see some of that reflected here in a few days when we get to the conference championship games, mm-hmm. or you'll see some money lines that don't quite sit right, maybe even compared. Because money lines and spreads, while they should go hand in hand, they are individual markets. And you might see some lines that are a little off where you think they should be. And it, it could be because of that. Some of the liabilities they have on the outrights on these can really shade how they have to, how they have to line a tournament favor, or a tournament championship game. Mm. So that, that'll be interesting to see once we get, uh, I think by this weekend, we'll have some change. 
being short games. I love it. All right, let's break into your first, the first guide of stuff that has not tipped, and that is the Horizon League. And as you wrote beautifully, if you like, if you like the Mac, you're gonna love the Horizon. For anyone that has not seen a uh, Youngstown State in Cleveland State or a Milwaukee or an IUUI, uh, what does this league have philosophically? The style of it and kind of um, anything that makes it specific, if you know, known for um, anything as a you know as a whole. Yeah, it is just like there's a few leagues that I kind of lumped together, like the Mac, the Horizon, and gosh, there's there's a couple of oh, the Ohio Valley. I mean, it's all just it's all just that upper Midwest stuff, and they all it it, it all is almost kind of like small Big Ten basketball up there, just mm-hmm. uh, up north, Jim Rat country. Um, this is a team or a conference rather with Horizon. I wrote about this too. Like they've won 19 games outright since the tournament went to 64 teams as a as a pretty small conference so they've had they've had a lot of luck is you know once once they get into a tournament because it's pretty much a a one-bid league this isn't the kind of league where you're getting two teams in so to be a one-bid league like that and to knock out 20 or 19 outright wins in the last you know 30 years like that that's actually pretty pretty amazing for a super small conference like this and i do love this i love this league i bet this league quite a bit during the year uh they're it doesn't really have a true like big big favorite northern kentucky's favored pretty big but i took a few underdogs in here just because uh, this part of the season i can't fully rely on my numbers i think i think you do have to start going more narrative heavy like you talked about whale and i being analytics heavy and i do use the model a ton but you you can't just blindly bet anything on a spreadsheet yeah it'd be nice if that was how it magically worked but you do have to start taking common sense and narratives and how things are going to work in in the real world in the in the account here and uh, i have some teams that my model really loves that didn't even make the tournament in mm. some of these conferences where if they were if they were in it it would want me to maybe take a shot at an outright on them at like 200 to 1 so i, <laughs> I do have to you know i have to rein it in on some of that though but i, I did take a shot on detroit mercy Yep. at like 40 to one. I think it's, it's even higher now, but yeah, I like, I like Wright state quite a bit as the second favorite and Oakland's Oakland's price. Like I had them right up there with the two top favorites. So they were five, six to one. I took a shot in there too. Yeah. It's, uh, to go it got this. a little out of control at the beginning. Yeah. Once I started getting to, uh, the second or third league, I, I started to realize like, that it was going to get expensive <laughs> <laughs> and there, there's going to be, there'll be leagues where I don't place any futures. Like, you know, you get to the WCC, you, you can play Gonzaga for minus a thousand and that's pretty much all you can do. And we're not going to be doing anything like that, but yeah, I did, I did calm down on some of these other leagues as far as, uh, putting two or three units into play at a time. That was, a uh, it was getting a little spendy there to go. Yeah, completely. But, uh, yeah, the Ryzen tips off tonight. The the NEC, I think, is actually going to tip off tomorrow. The Patriot League is tonight. Yeah, Patriot. Well, today, I guess, if you're listening to this, well, the Patriot League tipped off last night. If you're listening to this on the Wednesday, the sixth. Yep. And that is uh, that's another good one where there's a couple of uh, you know, there's a couple of teams that are favored above everyone else, and I did end up taking one of them. I got some. Nice value on that too. Colgate should be favored. Colgate's hot as a pistol right now. They're, I think they've won eight straight games. If they make the final, they'll be riding a ten-game home streak, playing at home in the finals. So, it's kind of hard to fade that kind of steam. 
they're they were plus money they're probably about minus 130 now <clears throat> so i had to take a little bit on that but i did take some ticklers on lehigh and then another one where i just put i mean i put like 10 bucks on holy cross yep. at 60 to 1 just because i their, their metrics were nice so that's another fun one this starts tonight and then i think yeah the big south we talked about already that's uh the three that start today on when we're recording this on tuesday Yep. So then again, as people listen to this today, we're going to have Northeast and Ohio Valley. So let's move over to the Ohio Valley here. Uh, Belmont and Murray State, effectively the same exact record. I mean, as we break down their odds, Belmont minus 130, field against Belmont minus 110, Murray State plus 155, Jacksonville State uh, plus 900, and, and on and on we can go from there. Uh, you, you took the long shots here, and I absolutely love it. Tell me about this league and tell me why you lean towards Jacksonville State and Austin P at 13 to 1, 13 and a half to 1. Yeah, this is what we talked about this a little earlier. I brought this up where Belmont and Murray State get the double buys, which yeah. I guess is, is a pretty big advantage. But again, it's all neutral site. Nobody gets home field advantage. They're going to play this up at the Evansville's uh, conference or Evansville's home or home arena. Uh, I did take Jacksonville State at nine to one and Austin P at 1350 for some small stakes just because I I don't like laying these big favorites on on a, a league where I feel like these top two favorites are really close. I can't really differentiate them. I could bet them both and kind of Dutch it for a real small amount of guaranteed profit if they both get, you know, if they both get to the final. But I wasn't confident enough in both of them making the final to do something like that because Jacksonville State is I think they're they've won three games against these two top teams already. And then Austin P shoots the shit get out of the three. They they scored. I, I wrote this. They scored ninety two against Belmont earlier in the year. They lost ninety six, ninety two. But they they can absolutely shoot the lights out from deep, and that's scary when you get to March. You get a team that just all of a sudden can't miss from three. I think both of these teams, just because of some of the results they've had over the season against the top teams, Jacksonville State and Austin P, have a good sporting chance at scoring an upset and should even you know just get one of those long shots in the final. I think I can find a way to make a little bit of money. Absolutely. And it's so funny you said that, you know, the same thing can be said just because these are smaller schools, you know, a team like Villanova that has been so down all year, living and dying by the three, a team like Auburn. Um, this, the same rules apply for these smaller schools. And just because you don't recognize the name value philosophically, a lot of these teams are, are so similar. And again, it's not as if uh, Austin P is going up against the best competition in and of itself, again, besides the the top two that are getting about four first round buys. So it makes a ton of sense to take, take some, some stabs on a team that can get hot and shoot the lights out. I mean, the, there's worst bets out there for sure. Um, let's move over to the seventh Metro Atlantic uh, sequel to the NEC. I love that bad league part two, no 21 team. And it's, it's a little bleak over here. Iona and Sienna one, two Ryder Canisys all the way down. Um, I mean, uh, when we look at this, I mean the, the quote unquote favorite Iona plus three fifty, Ryder plus three fifty, Sienna plus four. I mean the biggest underdog here, I believe is um, we're talking in terms of odds. I mean like 30 to one, which, when you talk about these tournaments is, um, you know, very small. This one seems a little bit more wide open than some of the others. Um, but in something I would see, I wouldn't have guessed from you, you lean towards the favorites almost here with Iona plus 350, Ryder plus 350, and Canisys plus 800. What's the thought process here with this league? Yeah, the whole time I was doing this, the research and the process for this one, I was thinking, well, this is a, this is for sure a league where I take some stabs at some underdogs. Right. And then, like you said, the, the longest dog here is 30 to one in an 11 team field. And my favorite is the prop where it says you can take the one, one through five seed 
seed versus the six through 10 seed. Yeah. At minus 700 for the top seed. But the best part is there's 11 seeds. So I wonder what happens to uh, <laughs> Niagara wins. I mean, it's just a silly mistake on their part, but that, that one had me thinking. I almost, because I almost bet that. I almost took some plus 500, but that made me nervous. I'm like, well, the 11th seed will win, and I'll right, lose my right. bet. Of course. So, uh, <clears throat> just looking at this, like, like you said, top to bottom, the top conference record is 12 and 6. The bottom conference record is 6 and 12. And there's, and that might sound like a big gap, but that's just a, I mean, that's just a few buckets here and there from both teams being 500 in conference. The there's a good, good chance that one of these teams could get hot and win the win the team or win the entire league with like a 500 record. There, there's no chance anybody can get to 20 wins even with a conference tournament. This is kind of a shit show of a league and i had to just go with what my number said I, I ran some extra stats through to make sure there wasn't anything real funny about these teams uh quinnipiac is a really good three-point shooting team but some of the other metrics they don't love uh it, it, you can get a good price on them if, if you're the kind of person who who likes a team that can get hot from three and shoot deep like they're they're like a top 50 shooting team and you know if you don't follow basketball a ton there's 353 teams so top 50 is saying something for a team in this kind of conference but i did i did end up going with uh iona Ryder and kinesius at some some dog prices even though they are you know t- higher seeds but th- this this tournament i really don't know what's going to happen there could be all kinds of goofiness uh marist has a good chance to beat st peter's and then get the upset over the one seed there's been a lot of goofiness. I looked back at some of the history of these tournaments and it, it's always just like this. It, it hasn't been a great league for uh, quite a few years. Yeah. It's not one of those that, uh, that you're going to see, like we talked about Lipscomb earlier, Lipscomb, if they get to the tournament, they have a great chance at winning a game, maybe two, like these last few leagues we've talked about. These are 16 seeds that, are possibly going to play another 16 seed before they even get to yeah. go, you know, get killed by Duke or somebody. <laughs> Unless it's oh. Virginia 2.0. You know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, I forgot, we forgot when we take a step back here, we go to March 6th, Northeastern Conference. This one is again, that's some uh, of the dregs of the world, but there seems to be a, a pretty clear line. Um, St. Francis at plus 175, Farley Dickinson, Sacred Heart, Robert Morris, again, plus 200 for Farley Dickinson, Sacred Heart plus 305, Robert Morris plus 600. That's kind of where I think tier one somewhat stops after that St. Francis 18 to one, and then everyone pretty much up from there. And again, as you wrote so well in this guide, uh, a really bad conference and, and there's not a ton to say about this, but is that um, kind of, you know, something where maybe you take a, a shot at, you know, a team like St. Francis just because there's such a big uh, odds drop or is that odds drop, you know, kind of warranted as you broke down St. Francis taking the favorite plus 175, Fairleigh Dickinson plus 200 and the shot on Bryant at 80 to one. Yeah, this was like when we talked about the Ohio Valley and I just Belmont and Murray State to make a small profit if they both make the final. This is what I did with St. Francis PA and Farley Dickinson, because I just looked at everybody else and sacred heart is an all right team, but with my numbers and I mean, the odds, the odds are what they are. And some of that reflects the market. And if it's taking there must be some money coming in on sacred heart to be where they're at. But I just looked at what I saw. I looked at results and I, I think there is a solid line between St. Francis PA Farley Dickinson, and then everybody else. So I did just do a little math to kind of even those two bets out. I used a calculator so I don't screw it up. I even put that in the article so I, I can 
people can see I'm, I'm trying to you know win the same amount if those two meet in the finals and boy i've i've been on bryant so many times this year my model loves bryant even though they're going against one of my other bets in the first round 80 to 1 was just too much i had to put i had to put like 10 bucks on that and uh yeah this is one where i am hoping for almost no madness i would just like some nice chalk this is gonna be yeah this, and and it write does, that on my tombstone one, too like, please talk, yeah uh, we you know it's like we talked about with uh murray state and belmont how they kind of catered to them this is another one where they they do there's some nice rules for the top seeds it's always going to be hosted by the high seeds so saint francis and farley dickinson will be at home for the the entire tournament if they if they keep winning and then after the first round they will reseed so if there are ups if there's upsets you know if like a six seed wins that you know the one seed is automatically going to get that lower seed it's just like the nfl playoffs the saint francis is going to play the worst remaining seed so that's advantageous for these top seeds it's another reason why i was not afraid to go a little chalky in this league yeah you broke this down this among i mean you did everyone so well but this write-up is, is really says everything here uh very uh recent history of lower seeds getting it done here number three sacred heart beaten both the top seeds in the past month but both wins at home um tougher on the road as for a team that went four and 13 this season when they traveled to be fair almost all the teams with a shot of massive home road split discrepancies top four seeds are 21 and 44 on the road but some of that can be attributed to the non-conference schedule uh that i mean so crazy to think that maybe home field advantage matters in these small time school gyms but it's so you know it's just another aspect when you move from regular season play out to conference tournament time um just another layer in there as well let's break down the metro that's a good point about these these small count yeah the the small conferences here too when you do start looking at the overall records you go back and look at some schedules too like some of these teams you know I, i give shit for the NEC, the MAC, how bad these records are. But go look at their non-conference, man. These are teams that go play on the road a bunch. You know, they're they're going playing difficult teams on the road where they they don't have shots at winning. Like they're they're going to do poorly in their non-conference for the most part. There are some weird there are some weird matchups where they'll play like Division two teams, but that that's I mean that's the same thing. That's not a quality win. So these non-conference schedules, they're getting garbage wins over D two teams, or they're going and playing well above their head and and getting just wrecked. So there, you do have to put a little context to these records sometimes, especially when you start looking at the non-conference. Definitely. We're all the way out to the Big South in 310. I mean, the Big South to me is probably one of the funniest ones for, for so many different reasons here. Uh, what's your take on this league kind of philosophically as a whole? This is the league where I, I tried not to let my heart get the best of me, but then that price, like we talked about, I really want to see, I really want to see Campbell. I really want to see Chris Clemens in a tournament. Like he deserves it. I've I followed this cable team a couple of years ago when they they made a nice little run. They didn't quite get it done. I almost bought a Campbell shirt. I might still have to buy a Campbell shirt for when I'm coming out to the desert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it was it was a nice little nice little run at the end of the season. There they finish with the same conference record as Radford, and they get the home field or the home court rather. So the entire tournament will be played at home for Campbell. the The first seeds or the first round, everyone just plays at home, and then once they get uh, 
you know, once they get to the quarter semifinals and finals, they will just play every game at Campbell's gym. So they get to stay at home. I think that's a big advantage when you get a tournament where where you get to stay at home the whole time. I think four to one is too big of a number, you know, unless something really weird happened where you're actually not a very good team. Campbell's been a good team. Radford's very tough though. So I did have to take a little Radford here to cover some of the Campbell I was going to bet on. And then just my numbers are so high on Presbyterian and Hampton at, you know, they were 10 to one ish. Then I think they're probably much higher than that now. Mm. Like that, that's the the tough part about some of these. You'd never know where some of these long shot markets are going to go. There was 50 to ones that are 30 to one now, and there's 10 to ones that are 20 to one. It's really difficult to gauge where these are going to go when, when they're, they're opening them up as, two-way markets right you know eight to ten teams deep it's it's difficult and sometimes you just gotta grab the number and pray it doesn't go too far against you i love it man anything else that you want to talk about best bets anything else from any of these small schools that you have clearly found such an advantage of in, in kind of picking apart these mid-major underdogs al- along the way or anything um you know along the way that better should know again uh speaking about conference tournaments specifically as this is for a lot of these teams kind of their uh one of their last um especially senior you know driven teams one of their last hurrahs uh, to be able to to win a conference tournament along the way yeah, and that's something uh, it's very difficult to find all that information in a short amount of time. And I'm already like writing things down that I need to be doing next season, like taking notes throughout the year to help me once we get to this time of year. And and not even this time of year, but let's say like the past two weeks of our lives here where we, we get to the end of the conference schedule. And there are some teams that have absolutely given up or, or I've had some just terrible results on a couple teams where I'd like them a lot. I actually like favor them in my model as maybe a six or seven point underdog and they lose by 40. And you (laughs) can just tell like there's some teams that have absolutely quit. They're done with their season. It's not, they're not going to the NBA. They're not going to do anything in the conference tournament. They're ready to just pack it in and, you know, hopefully springs right around the corner and they want to get back to going to frat parties and chasing co-eds. So (laughs) that's something you do need to you do need to take that into account. And like you said, with the senior thing, if, if a team, if a team is a, you know, a team that has no shot at doing anything in a conference tournament, they've had a shitty year. I think, I think I need to go back and look at some of the results of things I bet and, and maybe use that towards next year as far as maybe avoiding some of those pitfalls when you get to February, February was tough. There was, there was a lot of games like that where you just, you had such high variance in a team that has played well, has played well. And then it's just like, they didn't even go to the gym that day. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, man, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to break down these schools as as you have done so well across the And again, I cannot say this enough for people to check out these amazing guides that you have put out there that breaks down everything in such detail in a way that I have not seen anything close to um, in the space, as we've mentioned throughout um, and in the introduction as well at deepdivemedia.co. Um, they are on your Twitter as always at Andy MSFW. My man, you're going to be out here for March Madness. We're going to be kicking back. We're going to be enjoying it. Um, I cannot wait and I cannot thank you enough for for taking the time to break down everything from the Atlantic sun all the way down to the Ohio Valley. You do it all, man. So cannot thank you enough. Yeah, no problem. Great talking to you, Christian. Yeah, I'll be out there in 15 days. I think we, uh, you better make it to that meal. I, I don't know. I think Friday night we're going to the steakhouse. That we are. That we are. We will be wheeling and dealing, man. Cannot wait. Uh, we will talk soon, bro. Again, thank you so much.
And if that conversation doesn't make you an expert in all things uh, Atlantic Sun through Patriot League, go check out his guides again. Cannot say that enough at, at deepdive.co where he breaks down those so, so much uh, in depth along the way for everything and everything more that we that we talked about on this show. Again, guys, as always, uh, Inside Vegas brought to you by mybookie.ag, the official online sportsbook of the Inside Vegas podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, promo code SGP will get you a 50% deposit bonus up to $3,000. Lastly, again, SGP trying to give away $1,000 to someone here. Make it easy on us. Let's let us pick you. Get those tweets out there. The hashtag is hashtag SGP10K. And again, tag at Gambling Podcast, the main feed for Ryan and Sean and all things sports gambling podcast there. Trying to give back in a way that I don't think a lot of podcasts do as we try to grow this this thing and take over the world to give you guys the best quality of sports gambling content online. So do them a favor, please. I, I cannot ask you enough. Again, hashtag SGP10K and at Gambling Podcast. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at all things my favorite in the world. World of Major League Baseball. A really incredible guest. That's somebody that's been doing such great things in the space across many different leagues, but it shares my passion for baseball, and that is Sam Khan. Sam Khan Models, who has been out there writing up uh, some amazing, amazing pieces of content as he you know, is more uh, analytical. We're going to break down what goes into a baseball model, things that he looks for, which will probably um, be a very long podcast, just because, again, that is something that is at the forefront of, of both of our passions. So I cannot wait for that for next week to to break into baseball season. Um, and then again, and March Madness is here. We'll be here before we know it after that. So we'll be doing, well, obviously SGP will be out in Vegas alongside me. So we'll probably be doing some live stuff. So plenty of great stuff coming up on the program, guys. Cannot thank you enough for the support. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm.